We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Justin Beck, one-third of the Pacers. Justin, how are you? Hey, Alex and Fachi. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller, so thanks for having <laughs> me on. Um, listen to your podcast all the time. You know, I love I love what you guys do, the guests you get on, and, um, yeah, but Pacer content's obviously hard to find overseas in Australia, so you guys do a great job, and, um, yeah, love listening to you guys. Well, I want to know, how long has the Pacerous been going on, man? Talk to me a little bit more about your guys' podcast and what you guys have up your sleeve for this upcoming season. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're setting the pace listener, you've probably heard or seen something around the Pacerous on, on you know, Twitter or, or something like that. We, Me, Adam, and Alex started the podcast in the COVID years, so um, we were all bored during lockdown. Australia had the toughest uh, lockdown restrictions in the world at that time, so we couldn't really leave the house and... Um, our way of communicating and talking about the paces was, hey, let's just start a podcast. Um, it was a very like backdoor operation. It was when the team wasn't very good. And like, honestly, we thought we'd get two to five listeners a day. Like, how many Pacer fans realistically are in Australia? Not many. And, you know, we thought we'd get a few listeners in Indiana. But um, from when we started, it just is kind of blown up and we're so surprised at everything that's happened through us. Like we got on Fox Sports Indiana through JJ quoted us. And I know you guys have had similar success and, you know, we got Kevin Pritchard on the show, which was huge for us. We were like, wow, that's amazing. And Miles Turner did our intro. So, um, yeah, we, we're just thrilled and, um, you know, the amount of support we've got 
throughout the paces and the wider kind of fan base has been amazing. You know, growing up, uh, living in the New York area, I always remember people looked at me like I was like an alien being a Pacer fan. Like, what? Pacer fan? How did that come about? So I want to give you extra credit for, you know, being a Pacer fan in Australia. I mean, that's that's amazing. And the, the three of you, fantastic. Love the passion that you guys have. I, I believe this might have been, I don't know, maybe, maybe a year or two years ago. But you guys were able to meet up, right? I think I saw a picture at, at one point. Uh, that happened, right? Yeah, yeah, we all met up. So we all lived in Melbourne at the time and we went to an NBL game. Um, so that was cool. We we did some of our recordings together when we all lived in Melbourne, but post-COVID era, we've all kind of branched out, moved back to our home state. So a bit harder now. But yeah, Adam and Alex are great guys. Like, you know, Adam's our host and he does a fantastic job. And Alex is, you know, he's the graphic guy. He does all the videos and photos. He does a lot of work, um, has done work through the paces and um, when I went to Indiana a few months ago, it was funny. Like, I think all the players were a bit disappointed. I was the one from the Pacers there. I think they all wanted to meet Alex. And, you know, he does all the sick mixtapes. And they were like, oh, I thought Alex was coming, not you, Justin. So, um, yeah, <laughs> they were a bit disappointed to see me. Oh, that's hilarious. I mean, I don't think there's been a bad video uh, from Alex. So that's great, though. It's good to see him get the love from the from the team and the franchise and all that. So, Fachi, I'll let you start things off question-wise. I'll, I'll let you kind of direct where you want to go here. Yeah. Well, first of all, shout out to Alex's graphics piece there. They are unbelievable. The videos, the mixes, everything of the sort that he puts out, fantastic. Uh, remember, he used to do some work for us years ago. And, yeah, I mean, he really is. Tried to pay him. He wouldn't take it. I tried to pay <laughs> him. He was well, like, I, no, don't worry about it. But, you know, then he got, then he got too big. Awesome so. We don't take tips in Australia. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. If only we could adopt that here in the U.S. But, uh, you know, we're giving tips for everything out here. But anyway, hey, look, um, in your mind, I think this has been an exciting offseason. Grade the offseason, in your opinion, uh, you know, letter grade, whatever you want to give it. I think it's a B plus. Um, it, it's teetering on the A, but if, if you were to fall in that A category, I feel like you'd have to sign a huge free agent or bring in a really like superstar type player. I mean, as we know, Pacers, we never get big free agent signings. So Bruce Brown probably is one of our biggest free agent signings. Yeah. Um, and I've, I think, Fachi, you have as well. You've been a huge Obi Toppin fan. Big time. Um, I, I think he's so underrated. I'm usually pretty low on, like, players we bring in for some reason, but I think Obi's going to be a huge addition. Um, I'm pretty confident he's going to start um, uh, start before Jarris Walker, at least to start the season. But, yeah, I'd give it a solid B+. Plus. Uh, I feel like the paces are trending towards being that team of the mid-2000s, um, give it another year or two, maybe, you know, an early first-round exit early on uh, this year, build up towards that, you know, second and third round in the future. Yeah, when you saw the number for Bruce Brown, were you a little bit surprised on how the deal was structured? Yeah, 100%. I think we all were. I was like, whoa, that's that's a lot of money. But then obviously yep. when you have that, the team option, um, that's a win. And, you know, I kind of, I'm starting to think money doesn't even matter anymore. Like, paces have to hit that salary cap, cap exactly. level. If we weren't going to spend it on Bruce Brown, who, who were they going to spend it on? Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's just I like, or mouth-watering the, the money guys are getting around the league now. I think, um, you know, compared to years ago, I think Kobe Bryant's getting paid less than, like, a just scrub starter from 10 years ago. So, 
yeah, it's pretty wild the money uh, the league's handing out, but it's just going to keep going. In 10 years, it's going to be the same. In 10 years, Halliburton's contract's probably going to be like, oh, wow, that's underpaid. <laughs> Definitely. And yeah, for Bruce Brown, this is the first year where you had to, with the new CBA, meet that floor. So I remember being like, man, we overpaid. But at the same point, well, to your point, we had to spend money. And I think the Pacers set themselves up to spend money, but also still have that financial freedom to hey, they could get out of that contract after just one year. He could be a great trade chip, or he could just work out very well for the Pacers, and it's still only a two-year deal. But you had to overpay in order to be able to get him. But in this offseason, what was also your thoughts on the draft? I mean, we're, we're picking seventh eventually, then we find out we're picking eighth. I mean, Alex and I, we were scared to death at, at when it was first announced who we picked. Bilal Kulbali could be a very good player, but just wasn't who we were expecting. We find out it's actually a trade in the works, but so many different trades kind of had us initially dreaming big and then saying, okay, well, you know, we got some good players here. What were your thoughts on the draft? Yeah, well, I mean, I hate to promote gambling on the podcast, but I actually had money on Jarris Walker to be pick seven. So that's one of the worst beats I've ever had in my life oh. because he, <laughs> he was picked eight and then we – he, um, you know, paces traded for him, so I was I was pretty upset with that. But yeah, you're right, Fachi. When I heard um, Bilal, I was shocked. I was like, "What are the paces doing?" And I didn't even think about a trade. I was just like, "Wow!" All, all my kind of sources and everything I had heard was way off because I heard it was kind of Jarris Walker option A, and then option B was Taylor Hendricks. So um, yeah, obviously, one minute after he was drafted. Um, I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. And then I thought about my bet and I was very upset. But uh, <laughs> yeah, long story short, I think what we saw of Jarris Walker in the summer league, he's a very unique prospect for the Pacers. That's someone we haven't really seen in quite some time for the Pacers. And, you know, I know the mentions and I think Rick Carlisle alluded to it around the Draymond Green sort of player. And we saw that, you know, he's he's going to be a stat, stat, uh, stat stuffer with, with blocks and steals, and he was just everywhere um, in game one and two. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It, it was kind of hard to watch the final games after Nimhard mm -hmm. and, and Matherin left. I won't lie, but I will ask you this because I'm curious. For you guys in Australia watching the NBA draft, what is that experience like, and what time do you have to – or what time is the draft going on in Australia during the, the regular time here in the U.S.? Yeah, it's interesting being a Pacers fan and kind of what you're doing in your personal life shows how much you can actually watch the team. So the draft would be about 10.30 a.m. And for a standard Pacers game, I think most of the time it tips at 7 p.m. Eastern. If it's a home game, that would be about 11 a.m. for us as well. Um, so if you're if you're in a job where or school back in the day, um, you really couldn't watch it unless you're kind of on your mobile phone under the under the desk, which I used to do a lot of the time. But um, yeah, it's weird when you travel to Indiana and you're like, oh, I'm watching a game at night because we're used to like waking up at this hour uh, in the morning watching the game. So it is a different feel. Uh, you guys would find it real weird that we watch Pacers at like 11 a.m. You wake up and watch them, but um, yeah, I have the ability through my work to watch every single game great uh, that's awesome i mean i would be so distracted i really would but i would love every <laughs> second of it i mean hey having basketball on in the morning i mean hey it's a lot less of the anticipation for all right well what's gonna happen tonight but um hey you know that that is interesting i give you a lot of credit for being able to balance all of that out uh now we talked about the draft talk about some of the off-season signings but what's your level of hype going into this year because last year we were sold the, hey, guys, we're probably not going to be winning a championship 
championship this year, but we really need you to kind of stick with us because, you know, we're entering, they didn't want to call it a rebuild. And they, 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 they had all, all these different words for it, but how are you feeling going into this year? Yeah, on the back of last season, I didn't think I'd enjoy last season at all. I thought it's going to be one of the toughest seasons to endure as a fan. And, you know, we've all been through a lot. You know, if you're a long-time Pacer fan, you've you've dealt with a lot. And I was so surprised at how much I enjoyed last season. And I think you have to all put that really down to Halliburton and the energy and culture he's brought within this team. Um, but going into this season, it's funny how people have still – kind of underrated us you know some people like you know you talk about las vegas odds because i know the team did last season and they they've put them in for the same amount of wins as last season and i can't see how that's going to happen like you can't say the paces haven't improved more than one win with halliburton you know he yeah. missed the last 10 games and miles turner missed the last 10 games they were essentially trying to lose the last part of the season you can't tell me the addition of bruce brown Obi top and jaris walker we're not winning one more game I'm all yeah. in on that bet. Honestly, I'm smashing yeah. that over. I think we could be at least a 500 team. I mean, yeah. how this team could easily be 41 wins. You just got to stay healthy. So uh, I'm with you. Yeah, Justin, I will just say this. Um, this bet probably for you would be better than your one on the draft. So <laughs> I would definitely hammer the over for the Pacers. But I'm I'm curious, what is considered a successful season in your mind this year? That's a really good question. Thanks. Um, I thought of it myself. <laughs> I feel like I'll switch it as the reverse. A disappointing season would be not to make the playoffs. Yeah. So if they don't make the playoffs, even if it's a play-in loss, I feel like, oh, that's a bit disappointing. Um, I'd hate to say a successful season's a first-round exit because that sounds a bit, you know, we talk about the tough-out kind of lingo with the bases that have hopefully gone yeah. away from that. We all hate that so much. We do not want that, but... You know, if they were to lose four to three to a top-seeded Eastern Conference team like Milwaukee or Miami, you'd probably say, oh, look, that's a pretty successful season for this year. And then hopefully mm. next season, you'd build on that. Yeah, it's so crazy how the expectations change. They come all the way back around. A couple of years ago, I'm tired of being balanced in the first round. Nate McMillan can't get us out of here. Like, what are we doing? Treadmill of mediocrity. Now it's like, hey, We'll take a first round exit because that's gross, <laughs> but that's that's where we're at. And I think that we're all kind of on board of like, we don't want this to be another season where you don't make the playoffs, but now at this point you're picking 10th or 11th. It's like, no, let's go for the playoffs. And if we lose, that's valuable experience for everybody because we got a team, Tyrese, Buddy, Namar, Matherin, Jairus Walker, plenty others that have never even been to the playoffs. So it would be important to play meaningful games. But if we're going to get there, who takes the biggest leap on this team, in your opinion, player-wise? Well, I think it comes down to how well the Pacers are going to do next season, and that's Matherin. I think, you know, the Pacers are either going to go to that next level because Matherin's, you know, maybe he's putting up 20 points a game and he's a lot more solid on defense. And then you've got that Buddy Hill coming off the bench being a six-man scoring punch. If Matherin struggles with his development, um, Pacers could regress. Who knows? You know, him and Nemhart had such outstanding rookie seasons. You often get it with the second-year players. They, there's sometimes that dip, and they really struggle in that second year. So I think um, Matherin would be the one. He's A lot's going to fall on his shoulders this year, I feel. No, I totally agree with that, and that's why I had him at – I think I had him number one on my list in terms of, you know, most important Pacers for the uh, – 
for this team to have a successful season. But I'm just curious. You don't, you don't, it's not a big deal if you haven't yet. I know you'll get to it, but have you heard our interview with Chad Buchanan yet? I've listened to part one. Okay. Um, so I split them up in the parts and I know you released part two and three and the whole episode. So yes. it was actually on my to-do list today, but yeah, fantastic work. I, I listened to his uh, interview you guys did pre-draft okay. uh, as well. And that was really good. But yeah, listen to part one about him talking about Matherin and uh, Jarris Walker a bit. Okay. I was just going to ask you, because I don't know if there's any takeaways from that, because, you know, when you do the interview and you listen back, you know, we have our takeaways from what was said, but I was curious if there's any takeaways you had from that conversation that you thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it was this, uh, I'm really glued into anyone from the front office talking about Matherin and where he's at. So I think you guys asked a really good question around him and, um, it was interesting to see kind of how he spoke through his summer league because I think we all know Matherin struggled in summer league. He did. And obviously Chad Buchanan's not really going to say that, but I kind of heard him duck around and weave around the question a bit. And, yeah, that was interesting to me. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Or two and three, you're going to like, because we really yeah. kind of drilled into what players' certain roles could be. And Alex put him on the spot to ask if maybe, you know, Matherin being, you know, kind of having tunnel vision affected anyone else on the team. So I think that he, g- he gave a great answer about that because it was obvious they want him to spread the ball a little bit more around. And he tried to do that in his second game. He had six assists, but like it didn't look as natural. It felt like, okay, this must be the game plan because. Because there's no way Matherin's randomly dropping six assists unless he's forcing that. So uh, the summer league play, that was definitely something that uh, was of notice. But we talked about the biggest leap forward. Who might take the biggest step backwards on this Pacers team, in your opinion? Ooh, that's another good question. You guys are firing the hard ones at me today. Um, geez, that, that's tough. I I mean, I don't think Halliburton's going to go backwards. I just think he's on a trajectory either. So I got to I got to rule him out. Um, I'll, I'll maybe just say Buddy Hill, just because maybe he won't, yeah, enter that sixth man role. Well, he shot the absolute lights out last season. Can that continue? Um, will he struggle on the court without Halliburton as much? Probably yes. Halliburton obviously finds him so much. So yeah, I'd say Buddy Hill. And you know, there's obviously trade rumors about him with TJ McConnell, but um, yeah, I think Buddy might be in that spot where he he may be pushed out towards the trade deadline. Yeah, I think if I was going to answer that question, Fachi, McConnell makes a lot of sense for that answer. But I also wonder about Aaron Neesmith, just because yeah, his role is going to be significantly lesser 
this season. I I, I thought it was interesting. You're going to hear Chad talk about this. I don't want to steal too much of the thunder, but he did talk about they're going to find ways to get him on the court no matter what. So, like, it was almost a guarantee, like, yeah, he's going to be in the rotation. We're just not sure where yet, but, like, he's guaranteed going to play. So that was kind of nice to hear that, but I just don't know how many minutes he gets. Fachi, I'm curious your thoughts on this question. Uh, what would your answer yeah. be? What would your answer oh, be? Turn, uh, turn, oh, yeah. My, yeah. my answer to my own question, I would say, look, Buddy Heald, TJ McConnell, Aaron Neesmith, I think those three have Daniel Tice? Yeah. All right. I mean, look. They're going to step could, back. I think his, his, his back is touching the wall right now. I don't think you could take another <laughs> step back. But, you know, here's the thing. With McConnell, I think he's got to understand that, you know, he could be far more effective on another team, but the Pacers value him for reasons even off the court. Buddy yeah. Heald. Alex and I went through the rotation trying to find him minutes. There is no way to find Buddy the 30 minutes per game that he is used to. And with him coming off the bench, it feels like a regression is bound to happen. Aaron Neesmith is that player over there where he's bringing defense to the table. You need to find a role for him. But he had a bigger role last year than he probably should. Because, I mean, we had him playing, you know, a two, a little bit of three, playing a lot at the four. I don't think that they're going to ask him to really play the four this year with Obi Toppin and Jarris Walker there because they have more options. Now, obviously, Jordan Warr is still there. So I think for Aaron Neesmith, Alex, that's a great point. I, I think that he's going to struggle to find those same minutes, but definitely needs his minutes. McConnell, mm. at times, might not be in the rotation period. And Buddy, obviously, he's going from the starting lineup to the bench. So that's got to be kind of uh, the common answer, I would think so, of like, hey, it's Buddy Heald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Justin, another question here for you. Fachi came up with some of these questions that I'm asking. So the one that you did say, good question to, that was one of Fachi's. That's why I said <laughs> I came up with it myself. I, I couldn't live without uh, letting that go. I couldn't have a guilty conscience on my mind here. So I was like, you know what? I just got to say it. But uh, I have some other ones for you later that we're going to do some rapid fire ones. And so we kind of split up the duties here in terms of the question asking. But I'm curious, and I'm sure Fachi is too, because it's one of his questions, but which Pacers don't finish the season on the team? Oh, yeah, I'd say I'm going to go out on a limb and say Jalen Smith. Um, I think they just have to make a call between Jalen Smith and Isaiah Jackson. Yeah. Uh, and obviously Tice as well, but Tice is on the outer to me anyway. So I'd say, um, yeah, Jalen Smith. Oh, he was my most disappointing player last season. I had high hopes for him coming in as a starter. And I, I he just, to me, just came in as a, three point like spot up three point shooter that's all he was doing so i'm really hard on him i know some like adam and alex from the Pacers are high on isaiah jackson and i'm not as high on him i feel like he performs well in summer league but um coming down to nba minutes he really struggles so i feel like yeah they have to make call between those two i feel like tj mcconnell will stay on the paces um like you mentioned with chad chad's quote but um I just feel like the Pacers love him too much. They they value him way too much to trade him unless they got a really good offer. Um, and it's hard to, because it's kind of crystal ball sort of stuff, but if Matherin performs well as a starter and, and Buddy is that sixth man, I think Buddy's kind of got one more chance at a big contract in his career. Um, he's never made the playoffs. I feel like Buddy might kind of say, hey, I, I want to be a starter on a playoff team if he can find that role somewhere. I like it. Alex, what were your thoughts on uh, – what would your answer be? Who I don't think will be on the Pacers next season. That's a tough one. Or at the end of this season. Yeah. yeah. I can see him holding on to Buddy just because of the Tyree situation, the connection there. 
Um, I definitely think it's got to be at least Tice and one of the other bigs. They got to make a decision. They don't have to get rid of both, but I think Tice kind of makes the most sense. But at the same time, he isn't expiring, so you might like that optionality to keep him there. I'll say someone I think that actually probably does get moved is Jordan Mora. I feel like Mm -hmm. this is a guy that just needs playing time, and there's not a lot here. But if he gets put on the right team, I think he could actually help somebody, especially with his three-point shooting. And then the other one that I'd probably say is TJ McConnell, even though I know you went against that, Justin. I just feel like they've got to make sure that they have Nimhard with enough minutes to play that he's not getting frustrated with his role being minimalized because there are so many guards and we know he can play off ball next to him. But I think at the same time, if you want to make him happy and he's a second year player that really outperformed his rookie season expectations, that's kind of the guy you need to give the keys to a little bit, especially with that second unit. And I just feel like McConnell, there is a ceiling to who he is as a player. And while he does mean a lot to the franchise, I think that they respect him so much. And I've said this on the podcast, so I'm kind of repeating myself, but I think they just respect him so much as a person and a player that they would like to find him a home where he can be more of a productive player and not just a guy collecting dust being a third string point guard, which to me, that's more of a respect thing for a guy like that. Like you were talking about with Buddy, maybe find him a spot where he can be a starter. Same thing with McConnell, find him a spot where he can be a permanent backup and not just a guy playing sparingly minutes, you know, here and there throughout the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked your uh, answer with Jalen Smith because I wasn't expecting that, but I could definitely see that. I mean, they obviously need to figure out that rotation because if you have Tice, Jalen Smith, and Isaiah Jackson all battling for minutes, they're probably all going to be losing in that situation because no one's really going to be getting the ample playing time that they need. I'm going with Buddy Heald. I think that the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent after this year – is I don't think he's going to want the Pacers kind of messing with his payday. If he's playing significantly less minutes, it's going to affect, like you mentioned, that last real contract that he has left. And I think that this is someone who can help every single team in the league. Every Everyone needs shooters. So I think it depends. If Buddy's role is going from, say, 30 minutes per game down to like 22, 23, that's a big drop-off. And I think at that point, the Pacers would do right by him compared to McConnell, who still has one more year left on his contract after that. So I think they'll probably make that decision after the year. But Jordan Awara, also a great point. He's the odd man out. I loved what I saw last year following the trade deadline. He was awesome. I do not know where this man's going to get playing time. And unless there's unfortunately an injury, which you'd never wish on anyone. So I hope that's not the case. And given he's entering unrestricted free agency, I think they wouldn't want to just uh, kill his value. I think they would look to move him. But at $4 million alone, you got to combine him with a guy like a Daniel Tice or perhaps a Buddy Heald or, or one of those players. So, hey, the fact that we could say Pacers need to find four or five guys playing time means they got a pretty deep roster. Good problem to have. But, uh, yeah, a lot of questions, not enough answers at this time. All right. So the next question here for you, my man. Did you expect a bigger offseason? Uh no. Because yeah. if you if you've been a, are these rapid fire or yeah, no. Nah, nah. Uh, nah, yeah. nah I, you've been a pace of fan for so long. You you used to that what July one free agency date, uh, having Woj and Shams on Twitter and Pace's signings being the last like two or three days deep. I, I don't think who were Pacer fans expecting if they wanted a bigger offseason? That's my question. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Let's let's get into this rapid fire now because I uh 
I am ready to do it. So we'll start with question one here. Give me your Mount Rushmore of Pacers players all time. Oh, I love that. What, favorite or like best? Yours. It's your Mount Rushmore. All right. Uh, oh, well, you're going to go Reggie. That's just, you know, undisputable. I'd go Reggie. Um, I'd go Fat, Fauci's boy, Jermaine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love that. So there you go. I love the accent like- there, calling him Fauci. Made me, made me <laughs> smile. I felt like Scott yeah. Agnes was back on the pod. Scott Agnes, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going uh, Granger. I feel like he's yeah. so underrated. Like, people forget about Granger. I actually yeah. don't even know. I'd be a fan of the Pacers right now without Granger in that period. So I'd go Danny. And uh, is there one more or two more? Uh, one, one more, more for Mount Rushmore. Oh. So that's four. Sorry, I guess I should have specified that. Top four for Mount Rushmore. I should know that. Uh, yeah, I'm going U- U.S. landmark. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, we, we don't blame you. It's just a bunch of old presidents. Uh, Who cares? <laughs> so I'm going Reggie, Granger, O'Neal, and then i got to go Lance. Love Lance, it. all right. Some of the absolute favorites from our time. So I'm sure you you might have some older people. Hey, what about the ABA days? There's always going to be those yeah. people. But I get <laughs> you. Those are like the four players that I feel like our generation – Really grew up, you know, watching. No, Paul months. George. Nah, nah, no, no, no. Hey, a lot of us still recovering. It, it's funny, it, and you might think I'm lying, but even when he was at his stardom for the Pacers, he was never my favorite player. He doesn't play like I play, and um, yeah, I, I more enjoyed like your your David Wests on that team, and obviously Roy Hibbert, and they were my favorites. Paul George was actually never my top tier right. favorites. Funny how it all worked out. I respect I, it though. I like I how you said he doesn't play like I do. So I'm I don't know how you him. play, but I'm going to apparently not like Paul. Paul George's game. It's not your game. I get it. <laughs> uh, number two on there, best Pacers memory of all time for you. That's such a good question. Um, no, I did come I'll, up with I'll, that one. I did come up with that one. one. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a real weird one. I, I'd say you know the Reggie playoff moments against Detroit. I remember he had a game winner against Detroit. Um, but I'll actually mention it. it's a weird thing, but I always remember when people say like, "Oh, what's your greatest pace of memory?" And that's it was years ago, and I wasn't with my current employer. So if anyone's listening from my work, it's not this employer. But I actually pulled a sick day to watch um, paces at Phoenix. And I was like, paces never won at Phoenix, but I was like, I really want to watch it. Had it on league pass at home. And it was the one Danny Granger hit the three-pointer for the win. Yeah, um, I remember that. I'd, it was just such a good day. Um, yeah, I don't know why that just sticks out. I know there's been better moments and, you know, the I was at the Pacers versus Miami conference finals and, nice. you know, the Pacers Knicks, you know, that stood out with Hibbert's block, everyone says. But, yeah, uh, I don't know what range of game winner just stands out. I won't lie. I love Chris Denary's call on that one. Yeah. Granger, does he say well, – how, how does he say it? Do you remember? He's like, uh, and Granger to win it, he gets it. Oh, it's not yeah, <laughs> I can't – but I remember I was like – you know, Chris and Ari had me so excited. I was jumping up and down in my house at that point because I was a lot younger then. But all right, let's move it on. Best Pacers jersey of all time. Oh, I'd say the, yeah, the home pinstripe Reggie Miller one. Yeah, okay. I, I love the one, the, the home one. I haven't liked really the Pacers jerseys of the last 10, 10 years or so. But um, yeah, I think there's been a big push for them to get a new one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw you guys yep. had an episode about that. So, or a segment at least. So, yep. Hey, gotta, gotta love the pinstripes to this day. They're still a favorite. And yeah, you know, we've 
got some jerseys over the last couple of years. It's like, what, what is this? You know, like, I, I don't know if I could buy this, but, you know, I'll, I'll watch you guys in it. But, yeah, I still have – I love the 90s, early 2000s, all of those. Those are the jerseys that I would like to wear. Yeah. Um, but most underrated pacer of your fandom. It's a tough one. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. Maceo Baston. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'll uh, I'll I'll say Ike Diago because I thought he was going to be a superstar. So I'll just say Ike Diago. That's hilarious. But he wasn't underrated. He was properly rated. That's to be honest. Yeah, true. All right. How about this? Andrew Bynum because I remember those games he played, he was like 20 and 10. I was like, oh, we're going to win it all. So he's still underrated for those few games. And Tristan Thompson. Oh, oh I like the Tristan Thompson pick. You know, I think nothing would make me happier than to get Fachi a Hickory Daniel Tice jersey, though. Yeah, right. A throwback Pacers Hickory I, jersey, maybe I, the I worst just, jerseys of all time. Yeah, that is it's a tough jersey, but like let's be honest, at this point, can you even purchase a Daniel Tice jersey or do you have to customize it? Because I've never seen one. I don't know if it's like there's a couple jerseys. Like I'm a I'm a big time Jermaine O'Neal jersey hunter. Yeah. I cannot find a Jermaine O'Neal Phoenix jersey. I can't find a Jermaine O'Neal Celtics jersey. I can't find a Jermaine O'Neal Warriors jersey. At least for some of those teams, he was on the team for like two years and playing. If they didn't make those jerseys, I don't know if they're making Daniel Tice jerseys. Well, I think we know someone that would buy you a Tice jersey if you wanted one. Yeah. Well, the Would you wear a Tice jersey if that was bought for you? There's there's no need for anyone to buy me a Tice jersey. If someone bought no, you a Tice jersey, no would you need wear it? For me to wear a Daniel Tice jersey, I understand, jersey but I'm just asking, would you wear it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be against it, but I, I'm I'm not for it. <laughs> Save your money, people. If it, if it's if it's a Pacers jersey, I think Fachi might yes. put it on. I would wear a Pacers jersey of, of anyone, but you know, there's better options in the closet. All right. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next one here. Uh, this is an interesting one for me because I'm curious, you know, you've been over to the U.S. a few different times. What are your top three places to eat in the U.S.? So that's a great question. Did you oh, think of that right. one? Out? I did think. I've thought of all yeah. these, man. These are all, all mine right here. Alex. So I got nice. a good and a great one. I'm, I'm a head on Fachi now, so. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm a big burger and pizza guy, so I love my takeaway joints. So I just went, obviously, this last trip, and I tried Shake Shack for the first time, mm. which I love. Nice. Very good. That was That's my pick on our draft. Was it? When we did our nah. draft with Caitlin Cooper, that was my second pick. Good. Shows I've got good good appetite. Um, oh, yeah. I th- like, I know Indiana's got Steak and Shake. I love Steak and Shake, but I've heard it's kind of changed recently with, like, yeah. you said it doesn't have like, waiters anymore, and you just kind of go in and... Yes. Yeah, it's a bit weird. So that that's still my top three. I love um, California Pizza Kitchen, like in LA. I love that. Um, and I got to give a shout out to Papa John's. Anytime I'm in Indy, I'll always smash them Papa John's. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they're probably my my top few. Papa John's, all right. You know, I haven't <laughs> I haven't heard anyone mention them in a while. I gotta, I gotta say. Yeah, but, it's pretty uh, mid, bro. But I mean, I respect <laughs> it. If it's, a, it's American pizza, what kind of what kind of pizza do you guys have in Australia? Like, what's your go to Australia pizza? Um, oh, it's like Pizza Hut and Domino's. Um, you know, Australia pizza is not that great. Anytime I go to America, I just love the pizza. I don't know if it's in the base or the sauce, something you guys do, 
Uh, it's so much better than Australian pizza. So, um, like, I was in Las Vegas a few um, months ago and I don't know, it was just a, you know, standard pizza joint, but it was just so good. They had, like, chili flakes, parmesan cheese on it. It was just perfect. So Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably all the unhealthiness that makes it so good. But, you know, that's that's how it is, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, who is a current NBA player that you would love to be on the Pacers? Like, it's like if you could bring one guy over to our roster, who, who are you bringing? Oh, that's that's another really good question. I mean, you know, I want to I want to think of a really good answer and not just say a superstar like Giannis or Jokic or Doncic or something. But um, I I hate to be boring, but I just I got to say Giannis because I feel like if you teamed up Giannis and Halliburton, that is a championship team. Like already, just yeah. I'm so sorry for the boring answer. How about you guys? Is there like a role player you guys want to add? I, I'm with you on that. I, I yeah. do think that Giannis is probably probably the hardest to guard in the NBA. So it's like if you have Halliburton pass him the rock and we're still able to keep, you know, a, a couple of players, hey, that has a, a championship level aspirations, you know, then compared to a few other guys that you know are really good. Like, for instance, like Anthony Davis is a really good player. Anthony Davis is not going to be my pick. I'd rather have a Giannis or like a Jokic any day. And I feel like given we already have a really good passer in Halliburton, at that point, give me Giannis. Could I, inter- could I interest anybody in a Moses Moody? Yeah, right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming from Australia, we always hear all the Indiana takes, and I'm surprised, you know, someone hasn't mentioned, you know, your well, George Hill is on the team now, Eric Gordon, Gordon Hayward. We hear them all and we just kind of go, oh, no, no, Gordon Hayward, please. Hey, yeah, <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll give you we'll give you an Indiana boy, Jaron Jackson Jr. I would like him on the Pacers. Yeah, that's a good call. So hey. that that's a good Indiana guy to, to kind of close it out with. But that is the six rapid fire questions. I don't know, Fachi, if you have anything else you want to ask before we wrap this up. But um No, ju- no I just want to say, hey, Justin, next time we want we want the full band. And, all right, bring the boys. Let's do the collab. And, uh, you know, it's it's long overdue. But I definitely appreciate you coming on. And tell everybody where they can check you out on social media as well as what the Pacers have going on. Yeah, for sure. We'll definitely try and get everyone. There's talks we were trying to get everyone to the All-Star event, but not sure if that's going to work out. But, yeah, you can find us on the Pacers. I think it's at the Pacers on Twitter. Um, we've got some guests coming up. Hopefully, maybe you two can join us on the opposite crossover on an episode. Um, but yeah, we've got some things coming up. And yeah, I just want to, before we wrap up, shout you two out. Like, you two do amazing work. And you might think in the offseason, it's a bit of a struggle recording. And, you know, I get that grind that you two are on. You guys record way more than us. But I definitely want you guys knowing it's appreciated. You know, pace of content. I listen to you guys when I'm at the gym working out, and, and I definitely love it. And, um yeah lastly i don't want to make your heads too big but you know alex <laughs> i've seen your your weight loss journey lately i want to shout that out in the podcast yeah, truly amazing that. truly amazing I, i've been through that myself i know how hard you must be working so um yeah i want to shout that out um it's just awesome to see thank you we really appreciate that yeah and i appreciate that shout out too yeah i'm actually about to hit the gym after we get done here so that's uh hey there we go that's what we do we just got to keep it going we can't be uh settling for minor steps i mean it's not just a minor step but you know what i mean we can't just we can celebrate the rewards but we got to keep going to the final prizes reach but now i want to say you guys do great work as well and i think it's just awesome i want to echo what Fachi said early on like just seeing australia uh, australian fans getting up in the morning to watch pacer games trying to 
find ways to be still connected to this team when it's not easy. Now, your job obviously allows you to be a little bit more flexible, but still, that's a lot of commitment, knowing that you have prior obligations ahead of that. So I just want to say you guys are doing great stuff, and I would love to do some kind of crossover podcast with you guys. Maybe we can do something before the uh, the season starts where we do like a home-and-home home type series and can release those well, around you, the same time. You tried Fauci out. I know I'm saying that name wrong by purpose. Tried him out. You know, Adam can come in. We can get Fauci for an episode. You could be a full-on yeah. trades. And I'm, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm down know, for man. that. I could always use an upgrade at the go. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I'm just I'm kidding. In. I'm just kidding. I can't. I mean, there's too much chemistry here to move on. But no, <laughs> for an episode, I think we could make it work. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Justin, we appreciate you. Needs to happen. And look, I'm just as excited as you are for this upcoming season because this one is a little bit different than the last one. So thank you for coming on. We'll talk soon. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.